If you have a copy of God's Word with you tonight, turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. You got 10 seconds. <laughs> Genesis chapter 22. As you turn there, and as you uh, find your place in Genesis chapter 22, let me ask you a couple of questions. It will be our participation part audible participation part of our evening together. Um, Favorite passage, story, chapter, or character, person in the Bible? Anybody want to share what your favorite passage, story, or person is? And we'll leave, uh, for this moment, we'll leave If you just tell me Jesus, that should be everybody's. But you can tell me a story about him or a particular, that would be great. Anybody want to share? I can help you volunteer if you don't. I won't. You like Caleb? I heard a name. I heard something. Like that one. God spoke at it. Yep. Yep. Any others? If I had, if you asked me that question, there are two in the Old Testament. Uh, One is Isaiah chapter 6, because it is the chapter where God called Isaiah to the ministry. It is the chapter and the time where God called Isaiah to do the hard work that he was going to do for the rest of his life. And then there was this chapter. Genesis chapter 22 is my favorite in the whole of the Old Testament, and it is the story of Abraham and his son Isaac. Before we get into it, one more exercise. I need you to daydream for just a moment. Okay? Might be hard for some of you, might not be as hard for others. But I need you to take just a moment and I want you to think about, I want you to think about maybe the next step in life, maybe the, where your child is and dreams for him or her grandkids, dreams for them, dreams for you. And I just want you to just take just a brief few seconds and daydream. Every single one of us have 1,440 moments a day. 1,440 moments a day. If you take them as literal 60-second moments, we have 1,440 of them. It has been stated that we can actually think of a moment in the smallest of intervals and remember it in about three seconds. So in about three seconds of time, you can actually put that in your brain and you can actually think or remember something that occurred in those three seconds, long after those three 
seconds. And if that is the case, every single day, you and I have some 20,000 moments of time. And I'm just guessing because I'm not in any of your heads and you're happy of that and I'm happy that you're not in mine as well. But I'm just guessing when I asked you to daydream about future moments of time, maybe for you, maybe for your kids, maybe for your grandkids or where you are, there was some sunshine. There might have been a little lapping of water on a beach or a scenic view in the mountains. There probably was nothing like what we're about to read in Genesis chapter 22. A hardship, a trial, a a terrible moment. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 down through verse 14 reads as following. After these things, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here. This is verse five. Stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, excuse me, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, verse 8. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be Provided. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we uh, 
spend some time this evening looking at your word, looking at one of your followers and his actions. God, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would speak to the hearts of these men and women. For all of us in this room, for we need a fresh and a new time in your word to hear you, to draw us close to you, because, Father, we find ourselves somewhat like Abraham did, being tested, going through a trial, a hardship, strife, stress. And Father, I pray. That, God, we would draw from your word and you would speak so that when those times come, Lord, we would know how to answer and how to respond, just like your servant, Abraham. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Three points for you this evening, for us this evening. As we look at Abraham and we see him in Genesis chapter 22... We see this huge event. The first point is this. It's written there on the sheet of paper for you. The first point is this. Moments of testing continue to happen all throughout your life. Moments of testing continue to happen all throughout your life. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 starts out and says, after these things, you're like, well, what are these things? We don't have time to go back and and look at all of these things. But after these things, what things? Things like when he was in the Ur of the Chaldees in the end of Genesis chapter 11, and God called him out of the Ur of the Chaldees to a place that he told him, I will tell you about later, just you get up out of here right now. After these things, after he and his nephew Lot found themselves in an argument After these things, when he said, Lot, if you want the green pastures down in the valley, I will go to the rocky cliffs in the other direction. If you want to go close to the city, I'll go out in the country. After these things, after Lot went down into the valley by the, in the green pastures and by the city and was captured after these things, when Lot was captured and taken hostage and Abraham and his servants went and Took him out, ransomed him, and five kings. After these things, when Abraham, you know, it's not all rose petals with Abraham. Because after these things, he was tested with, did I really hear God when he said that I would have an heir? But really, Eleazar, my servant, is the only heir that I'm ever going to have. And it's been 20 years since I heard that. And I'm looking at the mirror and I've got a lot of gray hair, white hair, or turned loose hair. And Sarah's not young herself. After these things, when he took Hagar... And he sinned after these things when Ishmael was born. After these things when he said, hey, Hagar and Ishmael, be gone because you're upsetting Sarah. After these things. In there, there were two episodes that we we just kind of fast forward through because we couldn't believe that 
Abraham, I mean Father Abraham, would walk into a country, walk into a city, walk into a kingdom, and say on the way in, Hey, uh, Sarah, I like my head exactly where it is at the top of my neck, and I don't want it lopped off. So here's what's going to happen. As long as we're in this place, after these things, as long as we're in this place, you're my sister and not my wife. And Pharaoh took her to be in his harem. And the king of Gerar took her to be in his harem. The moment that Sarah needed Abraham to be the man of God, to be her husband, to be her protector, Abraham says, you know what? I like my skin better than I like yours, so therefore, have at her. Really? Yeah, after these things, God said to Abraham, Hey, Abraham, why don't you take your son? Ishmael? No, no, not Ishmael. Isaac. The one that you love. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to... I'll show you the place. But I want you to take him and I want you to sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. A preacher from yesteryear, George Whitfield, one of the main preachers of the First Great Awakening, stated this about Genesis chapter 22 verse 1. After these things, that is, after he had underwent many severe trials before, after he was old, after he was full of days, and might flatter himself, perhaps, that the troubles and toils of life were now finished. Is that where you are? Thinking, hey, the best part of my life is over. You know, I can just coast now. Everything's good. It's all gravy right now. It's just the icing on the top of the cupcake. It's, it's great, and I'm just going to coast in. Whitfield continues. I added that little part just myself. We'll go back to Whitfield. You might flatter, he might flatter himself, perhaps, that the troubles and toils of life were now finished. After these things, God did tempt, really try, Abraham. And then he says this for you and for me. Christians, you know not what trials you may meet before you die. You know not what trials you may meet before you die. Notwithstanding, you may have suffered and have been tried much already, yet it may be. A greater measure is still to come, which you are to fill up. Be not high-minded, but fear. Our last trials in all probability will be the greatest. We can never say our warfare is accomplished or our trials finished till we bow down our heads and give up the ghost. Doesn't that just give you warm fuzzies? Here is Abraham, well over a hundred years old, seeing 
more than likely a young teenager of a son in Isaac saying, that is my heir. God, every night I'll step outside of the tent and I see all the stars in the sky. And you said those would be outnumbered by my descendants through that heir. And you want me to do what, Lord? It was as if he was asking Abraham to take his heart out of his chest because that was his heart. Warren Wiersbe put it this way, Abraham passed the fellowship test when he gave Lot his first choice over the pasture land. He passed the fight test when he defeated the kings for Lot. The fortune test when he didn't even, when he said no to Sodom's wealth and bringing back all their people. He failed that fatherhood test. We talked about that. He also failed the family test when he lied about Sarah. When it came time to send Ishmael away, Abraham passed the farewell test, and now he finds himself at this crossroads. Oftentimes, we don't know that tests are coming. Today is April the 27th, 2016. At this moment, 17 years ago, I was walking into a test. At this moment, 17 years ago, I found myself walking into Duke Hospital in Durham, North Carolina, looking for Jennifer. Jennifer was the nurse that was on the other end of the line 30 minutes prior telling me that my wife, Paige, was in a car accident and I needed someone to drive me to Duke Hospital and get there as quick as I could, as safe as I could. And I was looking for Jennifer. I found her and Jennifer ushered me swiftly through the emergency room waiting area into the trauma center, into a room that I saw my wife laying on a table, lying on a table, blood everywhere, tubes everywhere, doctors and nurses everywhere going in organized chaos trying to keep my wife alive. Hour before, Sun was going down, and I had just finished the 18th hole of a great golf round because I skipped class that day to go play golf. And she was fighting for her life. Didn't even know it. Doctors pulled me to the corner and said, uh, she's probably not going to make it another hour. If you want to say anything to her, you better do it, and we're going to do all we can. They worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. Parents 12 hours away in Mississippi, on their way. Not going to make it an hour, not, let alone the night. But seven weeks to the hour that she was flown into Duke Hospital, she walked out. And she's here tonight. Two kids later and she's still with me. Miracle after miracle after miracle. It, it is, we don't know when those moments are going to come. Abraham didn't know that that day when he woke up, he didn't know that God was going to ask him for Isaac. You don't know, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the evening, the rest of this week. We do not know, but trials 
in your life, in my life, will follow you. They will come about all throughout your life. Abraham saw that up close and personal. And you and I need to see that. We're not, we don't need to think that, hey, all right, I've passed it all. No, you haven't. More than likely. Because you and I live in a fallen world. And you and I live underneath a sovereign God who says, hey, I want everyone to know who I am and I deserve worship. So therefore, he may place you, he may place me into these situations similar that he did to Abraham. So that what? So that his name might be magnified. So that his name might be glorified. So that his name might be seen by all those around. Not just that day. But in all days, that will come after that. You and I find ourselves in the midst of trials. You and I find ourselves in the midst of hardship. All throughout life so that God might receive glory in and through what he takes you in and what he brings you out of. And Abraham saw that. Second point, not only do we see that those happen all throughout life, you and I must get past the point. We must get past the point that this one moment must not define our whole lives. Can you imagine if one moment, one failure that Abraham came across whether you pick the moment, because there were a plenty. I mean, he was 100 plus years old at this time. There were plenty moments that he failed and did not do what God wanted him to do. Just like there are many moments in your life and in my life where we disobey God and we fail. Some of those moments nobody knows about but you and God. Other moments everybody seems to know about because it has been plastered everywhere and it is brought up to you and everybody else every time you come around. But no matter in those private moments or possibly those public moments, if you get stuck there, if Abraham would have gotten stuck with Hagar and Ishmael some 25, 35 years prior to that, if he would have gotten stuck, if, if Sarah would have never let him live down, hey, you know what you did that day with Pharaoh, that king at Gerar, can you... I needed you to be my man, and you just were not. You just cowered away. If he would have stayed there, Genesis chapter 22 wouldn't have happened. God has a plan for you, and he is sovereign in that plan, and he is working that plan out every single moment of every single day. You must not allow one of those times... One of those moments in your past, you can't just get stuck there. Because there is this day, Genesis 22, there is this day, April the 27th, 2016. There is this day that God has you upright, expanding your lungs, contracting your lungs for one reason, to bring him glory. And you must move Forward, Abraham did. It is a great example for you and for me to see and to watch. Yes, he failed some tests. Yes, you failed some tests. 
Yes, I failed some tests. But we must not get stuck there. Paul wrote it this way in Romans chapter 8. Verses that are familiar. But may we never allow verses that are familiar to not remain with the bite that they have. And you know, we know, that those who love God, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He, that Christ, might be the firstborn among many brothers. Every single thing that you go through, ma'am, Every single situation and circumstance and terrible doctor's appointment and every single family issue that comes up is for this purpose. For good. It's for good. It's not that it is good. Especially in the moment that you're walking through it. Especially when you see your... Loved one that you have said, I'm going to be with you until death do us part. A year previous thinking, I didn't know it was going to be that soon. It wasn't. Without her being there, we wouldn't have been able to touch families every single day that didn't know Jesus in a hospital. Without her being there, we wouldn't have been able, she wouldn't have been able to walk in for the next year. Every time she walked into Duke Hospital, there goes the walking miracle. He has you and he has me in the right place at the right time for his purpose. A third and final point we see in this passage is this. God promises to provide for you in every moment of life. You need to write that down. You need to underline it. You need to make it bold. You need to, just as I do, need to remember that. When that phone rings, when those moments uh, and the news comes across and the terrible situation begins to unfold, God promises to provide for you and for me in every moment of life. You probably haven't thought this way, but oftentimes when I read scripture, I do think this way. Three days Abraham walked with Isaac. I wonder what they talked about. I wonder if there was three days of silence, just a father looking at a son. Step after step. Replaying all the memories. Or I wonder if if Abraham, every step of the way, was just packing Isaac full God's faithful. God is faithful. And he was speaking for Isaac, but he was really speaking for himself. 
as well. He is faithful. He has brought us this far. He has brought me to this point. He's brought me through this point. He's brought Isaac. Do you know all the things that God has done for three days? They're walking. And then verse five comes about. Maybe it didn't catch your attention, but let me draw our attention there. Then Abraham said to his young men, to the guys, his servants who were walking with them. He says to his young men, hey, you stay with the donkey. And then catch this. The boy and I are going to go over there. And in English it doesn't say this, but I promise you it's there. The boy and I are going to go over there. The boy and I are going to worship. And the boy and I are going to come back. No, I thought God said that you were going to sacrifice him up there no. Abraham knew what God had promised it wasn't that he was doubting God he was fully believing God the faith that Abraham had one of two things was going to happen either God was going to step in and he wasn't going to have to bring the knife down or God was going to raise that boy up again and he was going to live because he had said through Isaac All the nations are going to be blessed through Isaac, your descendant. You're going to have more descendants than all the stars in the sky, than all the sand on the seashore. You are going to have all these heirs through that boy. So the boy and I are going to go over and worship. The boy and I are going to come back. So you just stay here with a donkey. That's faith. That's believing a great God. And so they go. And it's recorded in Genesis chapter 22. It's not much further. They take a couple of steps and Isaac's like, hey, dad, this isn't my first rodeo. I've seen this before. I've seen a sacrifice before. And and I see the wood. Yep, I see the knife. I I see fire. But father, where's the lamb? And Abraham says the words, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Hey, Isaac, Jehovah Jireh. Maybe you don't know what the words mean. The Lord will provide. Sir, he's going to provide for you right now. Because that's who he is. Ma'am, the struggle you're going through. The issues that are coming up, the, the job, the life. Jehovah Jireh. They get to the top of the mountain and God says, this is a place, Abraham. Read with me verse 12 through verse 14. And I'll close this out. Abraham has the knife raised. Verse 11. Verse 12, God says, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know. Now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, 
behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, to the day that this passage was written, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. As I close, let me please give me liberty for just a moment to use some imagination, but to back it with Scripture. So let me back what I'm about to say with Scripture. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. Actually, verse 21 states this. Knowing that you were ransomed, you were bought back from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Key in on verse 20. For Christ, Christ, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for the sake of you, who through Him are believers in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Paul wrote in Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, as he's opening up to Titus, and he's writing this letter, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. Listen to verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in His Word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. What are you trying to make the point of, Brian? Just this. It doesn't state in Scripture how long that ram was there in the thicket. It does not state it. But in these verses, in 1 Peter, in these verses, in Titus, it states that God is not a procrastinating God. God is a planning God. That God planned before the foundation of the world that Jesus was going to die on the cross, that He was going to raise Him from the dead, that God promised before the ages began, this is how all these things are going to come about. God knows exactly the steps that you are going to take when you're going to take them because He has your life in His hand, just as He did Abraham. And the moment before the knife was to fall on Isaac, God said, stop, that's not the plan. Hey, look behind you. And there's a ram in the thicket because God has provided Most of you in the room, I, I don't know you and you don't know me. But may we understand that God has provided for you. He has provided for you for this moment. He has provided for you for all eternity through His Son, Jesus Christ. He has given the Lamb for you because the, you, you couldn't give it yourself. 
I believe the, the ram was there. I don't know how long. But I believe it was there at least long enough for him to put it there and then go speak to Abraham and say, Hey, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. So before he even went and talked to Abraham about the event that was going to take place, I believe he provided the ram. Because... That's what he did for you, and that's what he did for me and his son, Jesus. Before Adam and Eve were created, before he spoke and there was light, before the verse was thought of or penned, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God, there was a plan. And he looked... At his son, and he said, son, this is the plan. This is what you're going to have to do. Because in 1973, there's going to be a boy that's born by the name of Brian Tillman, and he's going to need a Savior. And you're the only one that can be a Savior. And the year that you were born, and the year that all those that have come before us were born, and all those that will come after us are born, they need a Savior. And he said, Father, I'll go. Jehovah Jireh. He provided for you small things and large things. He provided for me small things and large things. He provided for us the most important. As we leave tonight, may we be reminded of that. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Father, thank you for Longview Point Baptist Church. Father, for their witness here in Hernando, for their witness around your world. Father, thank you for using them some nine and a half, ten years ago to start thinking about a church called River Bend. Lord, you had already long before planned that out. Thank you for that. You are so good. You love us so much. Father, the moments that you give us the remainder of the night, the remainder of our days, might we be reminded all that you've done and might that change how we respond to trials, tests, hardship, persecution, life. And may you receive glory from it. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.